You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, New York Giants fans, Ed Valentine and Emily Iannacone of Big Blue View here on YouTube and all of your Big Blue View radio podcast channels here to discuss the uh, the latest disappointing loss by your New York Giants, a 20-9 to defeat at the, uh, at the hands of the Miami Dolphins. Em, how you doing this morning? You know, I'm still still recovering a bit from from yesterday's game, but I'm doing okay. How are you, Ed? I'm I'm good. You know, I don't know if you guys are going to be able to see this, but you know, <laughs> Emily's usually the one who comes with the props. I came with my own prop today, my own my own grumpy hat which which sort of fits my my personality and sort of fits what it what happens when when you watch the Giants play football these days? Mm-hmm. It, it just makes you grumpy. And am mm-hmm. I don't? I'm not even sure that I know where to begin today, other than the fact that that this game Giants are four and eight now, mm-hmm. and it's so much rinse and repeat with the Giants. It's so much. Week after week, bad offensive football, bad in-game management, wasted timeouts, touchdowns given up at the end of the half, way too conservative on fourth downs. It's you know, it's defense does the best that it can, but you can't shut teams out in the NFL every single week. So it's just rinse and repeat week after week after week. I think we could write these scripts, you know, a week ahead of time. Yeah, absolutely. It was a lot of the same same issues for, for the Giants yesterday. I couldn't help but think as I was watching and, you know, the secondary Xavier McKinney almost came up with, you know, a few interceptions in the game or it seemed like it might be close. And I just was reminded of last week's game against the Eagles in which they had four turnovers and I and it just made it seem like that was just kind of lucky and it did that just didn't go the way of the Giants yesterday I feel like the turnovers were the difference in last week's game and they didn't have any yesterday and it just they weren't able to come out on top at all no and the offensive ineptitude for me is is probably where we have to start and you know I I put Mike Glennon in the kudos and wet willies this morning. And, and I almost feel bad about picking on a backup quarterback because he's a backup quarterback for a reason. He's, he's not very good. 
<laughs> and I think everybody knows that. And, you know, I'm, I'm watching the game yesterday and he starts out eight for eight. And then he's, th- then he throws a, a bad interception and then the ball starts going, you know, it was like a, it was like a pitcher who lost the strike zone for crying mm-hmm. out loud, because he couldn't even put his short throws on target. Mm-hmm. Even the short throws were off target. There were too many passes where he put his receivers in harm's way. There were too many passes thrown into double coverage or windows where they weren't supposed to be thrown. And like I said, I feel I feel bad picking on the guy, but but the way he played quarterback yesterday, the Giants had no chance. And 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 I kept thinking it sure would be nice to have Colt McCoy. <laughs> Truly, especially because he's played so well for the Cardinals. It's it's kind of crazy. You don't realize what you have until you don't have it anymore, I guess. But no, I agree. It, it, he, he seemed to get weaker as the game went on. Like he lost his stride that he had, you know, during the, the first possession until you know, he had the eight straight throws and then the interception. But it was just strange. And it's hard to really analyze a game with a 32-year-old backup quarterback who – dropped to six and 22, I believe in his career. I mean, they're just, they're really abysmal numbers that are just, that are hard to get behind. And, you know, the sad part of it is that the receivers were more involved yesterday. I mean, Evan Ingram with four receptions for 61 yards, Galladay was involved before leaving and then coming back with an apparent injury, but he was okay. But largely it was just, he was just, I mean, Mike Lennon, I mean, was just completely off target for most of the game as it progressed. And it was just confusing to watch because he seemed to be okay more so in the beginning than at the end. Yeah, it was difficult to watch. And I think you're right. It's very difficult to look at it and say, are the Giants making some progress? You know, Chris Flum tried to tell me last night that that he actually thought Freddie Kitchens should get kudos this morning simply for his approach. Mm. And, and I and I said, Chris, I'm not crazy enough to put Freddie Kitchens in kudos after the Giants scored nine points. I'm just not doing that. Mm-hmm. But I get where Chris was coming from because there were at least, you know, there were some mid-range passes. There was some use of Evan Ingram. You know, before he got banged up, there was an effort to get the ball to Kenny Galladay. There was an effort to get the ball to Saquon Barkley in space. Now, apparently, apparently somewhere in all of his knee and ankle rehab, Saquon Barkley apparently forgot how to catch the football. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, which, which I just don't get. I just I don't think I've ever seen Saquon drop two passes in a mm-hmm. row. But, you know, but I thought there were some things that where the Giants showed promise, but but they can't block. They just can't. They they couldn't do anything consistently on offense, and and, and it was just hard to watch. Yeah, no, it, it absolutely was. I think you know you mentioned Saquon Barkley. I think this was a game that if ever we really needed him to step up, it, it was yesterday. You know, he had had a couple of games under him. Uh, you know, since he came back from injury, and the Giants' receiving core is still. Very, very injured as a whole. I mean, Ingram and Galladay are kind of 
the main main receivers that that were actually healthy and able to play yesterday. And even Galladay left at one point too, which you almost had had to laugh at at this point. But I just think yesterday was the day for Barkley to step up and and really be the difference maker he's expected to be. And while it was a slightly better performance, I saw that you kind of gave him the your quillies. He was sort of in the middle. Um, it just still, it wasn't, he, the dropped passes and crucial moments, it was still 55 yards on 11 attempts. It just still wasn't enough for him. He had one long run of 23 yards and then he was just fairly quiet on the day and the giants just needed more from him yesterday. They did. And it, 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 it seems like I recall somebody at big blue view writing that on Sunday morning. (laughs) (laughs) That 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 it, it that it was time for for Barkley to be what I have come to call yeah. all caps Barkley. Yes, you know that yes. that 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 guy who you just can't ignore. Then mm-hmm. the Giants really needed that yesterday, and, and and it just wasn't there. And and he keeps saying that it's there. He keeps he keeps saying that it's there, and he and he hates it when people ask him. Mm-hmm. You know, but and I think it's there too. I I think it's in there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's there the way that it was in 2018, but it's not like he suddenly morphed into a terrible football player. Mm-hmm. I think it's there, but he's going to continue to be asked if he can still do it until he does it. Absolutely. And y- yesterday, you know, yesterday. There were a couple of a couple of decent runs, but but you just can't drop those passes. You can't drop passes in the red zone. You can't drop passes where if you catch that thing, you're going to turn the corner and probably run for 15 or 20 yards before anybody gets anywhere near you. You just can't you can't drop those passes. And and it's just with with this Giants offense, it's always something if it's. Mm-hmm if it's not dropped passes or it it's just not a good offense and and like i said we can go back to to mike glennon mm-hmm. but but the giants didn't play good offense in 11 games with daniel jones either right right i think that's why going into the game you know upon learning about daniel jones's injury and that he wouldn't be playing and then you have glennon under center i i still thought the Giants could maybe pull it off just in the sense that the offense hasn't been good regardless, even with Daniel Jones. I I feel like the defense has been the difference maker and why we've been able to win games. I think last week's Eagles game is a prime example of that. That was another low scoring game that the defense completely turned around for the Giants. So for that reason, even without Jones, I thought maybe we had a shot because our offense is just is just kind of so bad at this point. But I mean, Glennon was particularly, particularly bad yesterday. And it wasn't even that the defense played, played terribly. It was just, again, it was our lack of being able to score in the red zone, settling for field goals, some lack of aggressiveness on fourth down, as far as Joe Judge goes. It, it was just, a, it was an uninspired effort is how I felt after the game.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Since you mentioned Joe Judge, oh. let's let's talk about let's let's talk about our 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 favorite or is at least favorite or whatever it is. Let's talk about our our New York Giants head coach. I think we know at this point. I think we know that that the Giants are going to have a new general manager next year. I think it would be I think it would be shocking if they don't. You know, I don't have any inside information on on that, but I don't think you need any at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I have said repeatedly uh, in mailbags and columns and 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 podcasts and all of that. I have said repeatedly that I think New York Giants ownership desperately wants Joe Judge to succeed as head coach. They desperately want a reason for him to continue into a third season. They want to get off this merry-go-round after two years with Ben McAdoo and then two years with Pat Shermer. You've got to get off this merry-go-round of of changing the head coach, changing the coordinators, changing the scheme, blowing up the roster and starting over, you know, after you know, after two years all the time. You've got to get off that merry-go-round if you're ever going to build something successful, I know they don't want to move on from Joe judge. And what I keep saying is Joe needs to give them a reason. He needs to give them some reason to believe that things are pointed in the right direction, that he's learning and growing as a young head coach. And and like I wrote this morning, M. I just am not seeing it again on Sunday. It's, it's, as I said at the top of the show, it's rinse and repeat. Mm -hmm. It's inexplicable timeouts. It's the Giants getting out coached, outplayed Mm -hmm. in situational football at the end of halves, at the end of games. It's a complete refusal to be aggressive on fourth down Mm -hmm. this passive well we'll wait for our defense to make a play and we'll wait for something to happen later approach that just drives me crazy and i've i've been saying it for weeks i keep waiting for joe to look in the mirror and realize that he needs to begin to do some things differently and 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 i'm just not seeing it yet and it's it makes me shake my head and wonder about his future Yeah, absolutely. I think Judge established that from the very beginning of the game yesterday when the Giants were faced with a fourth and three, I believe it was. And, you know, he decided not to go for it. And and that that made that was okay. I think I think people could get behind that one. You realize from the very beginning he's always going to play the the field position game. That's always going to be his way. But like you said, he just sticks to that so much to the point that then there are eventually missed opportunities because there's situations later in the game where it doesn't make any sense that he's not going for it on a fourth down opportunity. And I mean, I think also after 
after what he said after the game when he said he is pleased with a lot of things on the team, a, a team that is now four and eight. I mean, I understand the coach isn't going to go up there and, and blast the players or, or anything like that. But I even thought his his press conference was a little bit more positive than I, I would have thought. I mean, you were just saying you really need something from Judge as Giants fans. And I, I think within the Giants organization to feel like this is going somewhere. And to me, I, just because that's that's what we're exposed to from Judge or his maybe lackluster play calls and what he says in post-game press conferences, that wasn't really encouraging either because that was not, there was nothing really positive about that performance. So that, that, that's hard to swallow. No, just what I, what I want to say to Joe sometimes is Joe, stop putting lipstick on a pig and just tell us right. that, tell us the truth. Tell us that you guys are not good enough. Right. You know, tell us that you have to get better. Mm-hmm. You know, tell us that that performance is not acceptable. You know, and and don't blame the players. Do what Tom Coughlin used to do. Blame the coaching. Blame yourself. Take responsibility. Mm-hmm. You know, don't don't point fingers at the locker room. But but I I I get tired of we're making progress. I see some good things. We still only scored nine points and maybe we made three good offensive plays in the whole game, Yeah, you know, but everything is good and, and, and and we'll get better before the season's over. Well, there's only five games left, Joe. (laughs) There's only five games left. Crazy. You know, when, when, when is it going to happen? And, and it drives me crazy. And, and, and the, the other thing that I've said all year is, it's not so much the timeouts. I talked to a guy um, who referees high school and college football about the first timeout. And he said, there's an explanation for that one. He said, because if the, if the play clock is running, Mm -hmm. that means whether, even, even if they look simultaneous play clock and game clock, that means the play clock's going to expire before the game clock does. Mm -hmm. So the problem is, I think the Giants were caught off guard by that. And I think they thought that the the, the period was going to run out. Mm-hmm. And it's just getting caught off guard like that, having to waste, you know, wasting a timeout on a second and 23. It it's not even so much the timeouts. It's the fact that that this constant rush to get plays in and confusion about what personnel belongs on the field and having to waste timeouts Mm -hmm. and all of that just speaks to sideline confusion Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. should not exist Mm -hmm. with a coaching staff that's now been together for 28 games. That kind of stuff should not exist. Right. And it's a, it's a very bad look for the head coach. Right. I think sideline confusion is is the best way of, of putting that. I like you said, that first one upon you know further inspection, that first time out was was at least able to be explained. But I think the fact that you know us as you know members of the media or fans immediately jumped to the conclusion that it was another wasted timeout, another mismanaged timeout just speaks to the way the season has gone as a whole, because this is kind of what we've just come to expect, which is now part of the problem is that we're almost surprised 
when it goes right. And like you said, as as a coaching staff at the NFL level, this is just something you should you should have a handle on and you should know. I mean, it's maybe it's okay if fans aren't aware of this play clock, game clock rule, but as a coach, I you probably should and you could see him fired up in the game. You could see what he was saying to the referee and it just it just was kind of strange. It just felt like that was something he should have should have had a handle on. I think back to Judge's first opening press conference a lot when he talked about the aggressiveness and reflecting the people of New York and the New Jersey area where the Giants play. And I just think about how, how we don't we don't really see that. And I don't think Giants fans have yet gotten what has been promised by him. No, it it it's it's disappointing. And you and I talked about the uh, the game at MetLife the other day. At least there was some excitement in the stands, but but that's been so rare. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just difficult. At some point, you need to see progress, and 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 it's just difficult to to stay behind you know, this regime at this point, because we're just not seeing it. And again, it's so hard to, it's so hard to judge because the Giants were playing with a, with a bad backup quarterback on Sunday. And, And yet even that, because whose decision was it to change backup quarterbacks this year? When they had a perfectly fine backup yeah. quarterback, whose decision was it? Was it Dave Gettleman's? Was it Joe Judge's? Was it Jason Garrett's? Whose decision was it to jettison a perfectly good backup quarterback mm-hmm. and put yourself in in this situation? You know, with a guy who Mike Glennon's a nice guy. Mike <laughs> Glennon tries hard. He, mm-hmm. you know, Mike Glennon is perfectly pleasant with the media when when he gets a rare opportunity to talk to talk to them and he understands his role mm-hmm. but but you just never know where the ball's going when he lets it go <laughs> no no absolutely and and it's true it's hard to judge judge an offense that that had a backup quarterback starting and of course, but you know the good teams still manage to win games in those situations. I talked about the Cardinals earlier, and and, and with with Colt McCoy, they were able to still win without Kyler Murray, which is a huge loss for that offense, and that completely changes their offense to not have someone like Kyler Murray under center. I just think that the good teams in the league find ways to win, even in the face of injuries and adversity. I know the Giants have had a lot of injuries this season, probably more than maybe more than most, but I I still, I just think that you, you figure out ways to continue to win. And that's, I think what reveals really good coaching more than anything else is when teams can still win when your starters aren't starting, when you're playing with players, you didn't expect to play. That's what reveals good coaching. And that is not something we have really seen. No, it's not. And and I was thinking about, and I, I had meant to mention this earlier, the Giants played the Miami Dolphins yesterday. Now, Brian Flores came out of the New England system, just like Joe Judge did. He's in his third year in Miami. So he's mm-hmm. he's one year farther into his head coaching career. Now, let's be real. The Miami Dolphins have now won five straight games. Yeah. But you watched that game yesterday. 
the Miami Dolphins are not that good of a football team. They really are not. But Tua Tagovailoa is a guy who is still a developing quarterback. But the Dolphins have figured out what he can do. The Dolphins have an offensive line, which is just as bad as the Giants offensive line. Mm -hmm. Aside from Jalen Waddell, well, they do have Jalen Waddell. They have Mike Gesicki. They have Devontae Parker on the outside, but they have no running game. Mm -hmm. The Dolphins, though, have figured out a way to play good enough offensive football. They have figured out a way to to grind out some points Mm -hmm. and you, you watch them play and you know exactly how they want to play. Mm -hmm. You continue to watch the giants and every so often, you know, there's a, there, there's a, like yesterday was a nice, a game where they used Evan Ingram nicely. Mm -hmm. Okay. But most of the time they never use Evan Ingram. (laughs) Mm-hmm. some you know sometimes sometimes they they throw a decent looking screen pass and other times it looks terrible and it still looks like shooting darts when the mm-hmm. giants play offense it looks like they throw things at the wall and and mm-hmm. hope that something sticks because you don't see anything consistent and I know Freddie Kitchens has only been calling plays for two games, but you just don't see anything that you can hang your hat on and say, the Giants do this well. Right. This is what their personality is. You know, when it's when it's third and three, this is the kind of thing that they're going to run. It's going to be an RPO and they're going to look for something, you know, a little slant across the middle or something. There's there's no personality and 12 games into a season. I know that the, the wide receivers have been a revolving door, but but this far into the season, there should be some sort of personality and it's not there. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, to the main word that gets thrown around is is a lack of identity as well on on the offense, which is, you know, which is really, really similar, of course, to a lack of personality. And I think that reflects the lack of consistency, because when players go down and when people are injured, there should be this foundation to fall back upon. Like, oh, we're a tough team. We're an aggressive team. We're going to go, you know, we're going to go for it on fourth downs more. We're going to take take more chances with explosive plays or creative play calling, whatever it may be, we don't really know because it hasn't been established amongst the giants, but winning teams have have personalities, you know, and those can all be different, (laughs) but they have identities that they can rely on when, you know, the starting, the starting players are out that just sort of grounds the team as a whole. And you can tell, talk about Brian Flores, I, I feel like that team has an identity. It's it's a team that's in progress. They're definitely still building something, like you said, with Tua. But I I like I enjoy watching this team, and I'm excited to see where they go. I really I like Brian Flores a lot, there, and there's something to be said for that because it's actually it's a really good comparison to compare 
Miami to the Giants because they're they're really they're very similar situations, and yet Miami is the team that has somehow strung together a five game winning streak. They're not a very good team, but the, I think that speaks to just the coaching and just an identity that they have on on offense on both sides of the ball that allows them to win. And they just they don't look lost at least even when even when they're losing even when they're not playing well they don't look lost and that starts at the top and that is something I mean like you said Brian Flores has had one more year than Judge but that is something that we don't even see inklings of we're not even close to that at this point right and the Giants this coming Sunday play the Los Angeles Chargers with a rookie head coach in Brandon Staley. Yeah. And it's it's impossible not to compare Staley and Judge for the mm-hmm. simple reason. And, you know, Chris again pointed this out to me this morning, but Brandon Staley has from week one established the identity that he doesn't care what the situation is. He doesn't care what the score is. If it's if it's fourth and makeable, the Chargers stay on the field and they go for it. Mm-hmm. And he told Peter King in Peter King's column this morning that that he doesn't care. He's always going to go for it. If he's going to lose, he's going to lose, you know, basically with the pedal to the metal. You know, he, he's not playing to keep the game close. He's playing to win it. And if that means they, they wind up losing big, they lose big because losing is losing and it doesn't matter what the score is. And, and that's in comparison to, to Joe who – who has made it obvious he doesn't trust his offense. For sure. And I think think, think that's, I think he's conservative to begin with. And, and, And at some point he's playing to keep the games close. He's playing to keep the games close and hope that something happens at the end that allows the Giants to win. Instead of saying, the heck with this, we have the football, let's go try to win. And if it blows up in our face, it blows up mm-hmm. because it's not going to it's not going to help us if we don't try. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, like you said, he's conservative, probably by nature. And I think yesterday's play calling really demonstrated his willingness to trust the defense. And, you know, again, the field position game more than his offense. And some of that is okay too. As a coach, I think you need to recognize your weaknesses as a team and your strengths and and play to those. And I, I think to an extent, some of that is okay to say, okay, our defense has been playing a lot better recently. They're the reason we're in games. I trust them to get us out of the situation. I trust our special teams unit to give us good field position here. That's okay to an extent, but when it's when it begins to reflect, I think a lack of regression and and it it clearly revealed a lack of trust in the offense. I mean, it was so obvious. I don't know how you're supposed to feel as an offensive player either, because it's just I don't know. It's tough because I think you need to play to the the strengths and weaknesses, but also you need to be willing to bet on guys and give them a chance and show that I'm we we're gonna play to win no matter what. And like you said, he really just plays to keep it close which is just not a winning formula right and you know we've gotten a half an hour into our show em and we really haven't talked about the fact that that we could very well be about to embark on the jake Fromm era with the new york giants 
Is that crazy or what? I mean, that is what seeing him on the sidelines yesterday was so jarring. I was like, what is Jake from doing there? It was very, very weird. I mean, no, it's true. It's kind of become a minor storyline in comparison to everything else. But it's not, it's not nothing. I, I mean, it's definitely a curious signing by the Giants. It'll be interesting to see what happens there. I think Jake from from ever since the draft, when he went so much lower and later than everyone expected him to, has been um a bit peculiar since his time at, at Georgia when he was when he was so so good. So it'll it'll be interesting, yes, that we could potentially be embarking on a different era. Yes. It, it's funny. I was out at practice on Thursday and Jake Fromm's not a small guy. Jake Fromm is 6'2", 215, which is basically the same size I am. But he looked like a midget next to six foot five Daniel Jones and six foot mm-hmm. seven Mike Glennon. And it's just like that little dude could be the Giants quarterback. <laughs> yeah. But the the really scary part of of all of that is if Jake Fromm plays it will be out of necessity it won't be because it's what the Giants want mm-hmm. and and the really scary part of this whole thing is we don't know right now how bad Daniel Jones neck injury is and it seems like it seems like from the reports and from the work of of Dr. David Chow, who's a a former NFL team doctor who runs a a site called Pro Football Doc, it seems like this could be a much more severe injury, you know, than than the Giants have wanted to let on at this point, and, and that's kind of scary because neck injuries, neck injuries. And I don't want to start a five alarm fire, but we've seen neck injuries and careers. And it's just, it's a scary thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's, it's serious. It's, it's like what you said about with Mike Lennon too, when it comes to concussions. I mean, these are, these are really, these can be really, really serious injuries. Um, it, it is difficult to say to what extent the Giants are maybe downplaying it or just hoping it's not as bad as it could be. No, it's, it is. It's still, it's still hard to say. I think while maybe Jake Fromm is not, maybe he's not the future. Maybe he's just the right now answer, especially after this Mike Lennon performance, maybe he's just the answer right now. I do think he regardless reflects a perhaps impending change on the giants offense whether that's and at the backup quarterback position or even at the starting quarterback position. He just, I think seeing him standing on the sidelines is just a sign that there's probably more change like that coming for New York. That's, that's probably a good way to look at it. And, and it's, it's funny because I have been a supporter of Joe judge up to this point. It gets harder and harder to do when you see the same things happen week after week, I've been a supporter of Daniel Jones to this point, And I still believe that ideally what giants ownership would like is to continue with judge and with Jones. And I mm-hmm. still think that ideally 
the in a year where there doesn't appear to be a you know any real sure things in the draft at at quarterback mm-hmm. the the giants would much prefer to use those two picks that are going to be in the top 10 right. on offensive linemen defensive linemen um you know on players to supplement this roster rather than using one of those picks or both if they have to move up Mm-hmm. You know, to go get a quarterback who would signal yet another blowing up of the roster and yet another rebuild. But but the way things are going, you can't discount that possibility. Yeah, absolutely. I it's it's I think we're gonna start thinking about the draft more and more and sooner and sooner than than most teams. I agree, though. I think that if you're the Giants, you need to get some solid, solid position players, whether that's the offensive line, defensive line. I I think that's what those are the players that this draft is really going to kind of elevate and focus on. And I think that we should just as Giants fans just, should just lean in. I think that, you know, trying to just kind of overthrow the offense as we know it is not necessarily the answer at this point. And, you know, without a lot of major quarterback prospects and, and, and two top 10 picks, that can that can change a team. And so I feel like that's kind of where the investment should be at this point, at least at least for now. Um, and kind of just see how the team does as next year, hopefully in a less injured state and with just more solid players that can, you know, anchor a line and just that can be reliable, too. I think that's kind of got to be the answer as far as those top 10 picks go. Yeah. The, the uh, there are some, what you might call cornerstone players on mm-hmm. the defensive side of the ball. I think Xavier McKinney is one of those guys. I think Dexter Lawrence is one of those guys. I think Leonard Williams is young enough to be one of those guys. Mm-hmm. I think Azizo Jalari might be one of those guys. There are a few of them. We can probably talk about some other guys, but when you turn to the offensive side of the ball, M, you want Daniel Jones to be one of those cornerstone guys, but mm-hmm. but we're not sure. You want Saquon Barkley to be one of those cornerstone guys, but you're not sure. You want Kadarius Toney to be one of those cornerstone guys, but you have to be able to get on the field. Right. The right. only real player on that offensive side that I can look at and say, he's a cornerstone player that you can build around is Andrew Thomas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's a pretty sad state of affairs. Yeah, uh, no, absolutely. And that's why we need to get more players like that, that we can just count on to be there. Obviously you can't predict injuries, but I, I think maybe there, that needs to be a focus for the Giants coaching staff heading into this year's draft is, is to look at injury history is to look at any reason players aren't on the field. We know we knew Tony had some sort of off the field issues once he was drafted. I'm not saying that should define a player. I just think that the Giants should look into anything that can be keeping guys off the field. And if there's a pattern there, because we can no longer afford to keep that going at the pro level, because it's just you can't create a sustainable winning offense when you're shifting in linemen. Not only you know every game, but during the game because they're playing so poorly like they did yesterday. So I 
I, I agree. There needs to be just an effort to kind of get some cornerstone relatable players on the offense. Yeah, I agree. And this is really the last thing for me. It's a, I think we've talked about Dave Gettleman before. And, and one of the really, really frustrating things for me about Dave Gettleman is so many of the decisions over the four years of his tenure have gone against what I think are some of his core beliefs, not drafting an offensive lineman this, you know, this past year. But one of the things that that Gettleman has said in the past is, and I'm paraphrasing, is guys with injury histories get injured again. Okay. And yet the Giants leaned into guys like Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Toney and John Ross, and they leaned into a lot of guys with what are now really lengthy injury histories. Mm -hmm. And guess what? They're not on the field. (laughs) So, so you, it's a kind of get what you pay for kind of thing. Right. Exactly. So anyway, M we have, we have five more games of this torture to go through. Five more games. Five see, more. See the light. Oh man. So and you know, see, isn't and I and I actually, you know, 17 game schedule for the first time, just as it turns out, just adds a week to the torture. <laughs> At <laughs> least for us in this case, it does. Hopefully in future seasons that's that's no longer the case. All right. M, thank you very, very much. Giants fans, thank you for listening. Please subscribe on YouTube or on uh, Big Blue View Radio, wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on? Oh, Mom. (laughs) No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.